Hi, and welcome to Shortly Talks, where I, Sjoerd Kranedonk, your host, discuss topics related to Scrum, to Agile, to teamwork, and anything that basically can fit under something a Scrum Master or a Scrum Team member could find beneficial in their work life. So today I want to talk about um, this discussion that's been going on uh, in the teams I work with. And I want to talk a bit about sprint length. So in Scrum, we have a rhythm. We have a sprint uh, length, and that's our rhythm, the sprint time box. And from a Scrum theory perspective, um, the only rule is that it is a maximum of one month. And this is to reduce risk of delivering the wrong thing, to um, uh, have too much technical uh, uh, risk built in uh, while uh, of delaying integration, basically, of making sure it works. So um, that's the reason why we have a maximum of a month sprint. And in most cases, it can be a smart thing to do it shorter. So uh, all over the world, I think the most used sprint length is two weeks. And this works as a forcing function. So you at least every two weeks have something releasable. Uh, you have a done increment, what we call in sprint, uh, a, a result of your work, a product that you can actually test with users. So Scrum doesn't prescribe if you should actually release it to users, but at least you have a done product that's releasable. You have the choice to release it, or at least you have versions that you can really inspect to learn if you did the right things. Of course, the best way of inspecting that is by releasing it to users and seeing how it works in practice, right? Um, but this is not uh, the only way. So basically, that's a, a short introduction to sprint length. Um, and the discussion that's been going on in my teams, uh, we have uh, four teams working on one product. And basically, somehow we got in the situation. Uh, I won't go into that, how we got there, because that's another discussion. But we did, did do find ourselves in a situation of a big uh, full front end rebuild of a product that is quite complex, has many, many screens uh, and uh, interfaces to many, many backend services. Uh, it functions basically as a portal to other parts of software. Um, so this product, uh, we're in this rebuild phase. We are prioritizing what to build first but we are not in a place where we can incrementally um, release parts that we have rebuilt uh, to coexist with the old parts in one app or in one uh, user interface or, uh, or even two separate apps where you slowly migrate from one to the second. So that's not something that's feasible for a number of reasons, again, which I will not go into. So the fact of the situation is that we have this big rebuild and we can only properly release um, near the end. So when it's finished or almost finished, then it makes sense to start user testing uh, and to um, figure out when to pull the plug in the old one and 
and launch a new one basically. And we can do that in all kinds of ways, making the transition easier, but that's not the discussion currently. So the sprint length of these teams was three weeks. So every three weeks, we had a moment to um, uh, wind down, reset the clock, look at, okay, what progress have we made? What's the next step we want to reach? Which goals are we pursuing? Basically, which parts of this rebuild are we doing? And uh, which urgent changes, updates, fixes are needed to the existing live product? So um, that's the discussion. And um, one of the teams in their retrospective came up with the idea, okay, so it might be uh, beneficial to look at the longer sprint length because we don't need the three-week rhythm to manage risk that much. Uh, there's really minor work for the existing app, uh, stuff, uh, almost never stuff that can't wait, wait until the four-week window. And if it uh, cannot wait for the four-week window, then probably it can also not wait for the three-week window we have. So we need to do a in-between release it. So that was one uh, consideration. Also getting fast feedback, also not really something that's happening right now. Um, so given that we don't really need that, why do three week sprints? We could do, do it in four weeks as well uh, to, to get the general dire direction. Oh yeah, another thing is the, the rebuild will probably take about another year. So, um, that's why the fast feedback is not <laughs> not really a thing right now, uh, at, at least according to the teams. And um, yeah, then came the the maybe first Scrum Master a bit painful part. Um, the, uh, the benefit of this doing this would be uh, over the cor course of the rest of the year uh, that as a whole we would win five productive days so a week of productivity and to the team this sounded pretty big because uh, that means uh, doing more work on this uh, on this rebuild and you know making more progress and uh, it's not about the total progress because five days for the whole team is is a lot i mean it's it's a, a third of a sprint right for four teams but would be more um in terms of a feeling of uh, needing to do less meeting work around the sprint start and end, the retrospective, and also preparing for the sprint start. Um, so preparing sprint planning uh, with four teams has some overhead. Uh, there's a little uh, bit of uh, dependency planning, um, uh, and even if there's no dependencies, you have to discuss which team will pick up what. So there's no really neat division within these four teams. Who does what, except for one team, they're focusing on one part of the product and the rest uh, jointly pick up the rebuild. And there's some nuances of focus, but there's still a lot of collaboration needed. And also in this rebuild, there's some yeah, new technology for some of the uh, team members still. So there's also a lot of coordination around how to implement this properly, etc. So that's the case. And um, as a Scrum Master, I have no power. <laughs> At least I, I am not that kind of Scrum Master. I'm not gonna say, 
oh, you should always do the shortest amount of weeks for your sprints because otherwise you're not agile or it's not in the spirit of Scrum. I do add my point of view, like asking why are these meetings so hard uh, or feeling like they are a waste of time, basically. Uh, so why are we looking for this efficiency? Is there really no re- uh, are there really no reasons for uh, keeping a three week sprint? Should we not even go to a two week sprint? Uh, what uh, what's the problem? Real problem, right? But the fun thing uh, uh, I like about this case is that I um, managed to n- not be in this discussion too much because, <laughs> funnily enough, or maybe the only way they could come up with it is the team. Um, came up with this idea and discussed it amongst themselves. So one of the teams within four uh, total, uh, while I was not there for the retrospective. I think it can be healthy also for Scrum Master not to be at the retrospective sometimes, but this was uh, not intentional, but also, uh, but it was intentional to let it run anyway. Um, And the team did that, they had a discussion, they came up with this. So I I could not... um, poke around in why or facilitate really exploring if this was really the best solution for the problem they faced or if they even knew what problem they really were facing. Um, But after this retrospective, when I came back to work, they they said this to me and they wanted some advice on how to proceed because changing a sprint rhythm affects all the teams because um, uh, theoretically, you don't need to do the same sprint rhythm, but if you uh, want to have the same sprint review uh, moment and also collaborative planning, then it's logical to have uh, the same rhythm with all four teams, right? So they came to me asking, uh, how do we approach this? Can you uh, work with the other Scrum Masters to, to figure out if, uh, if we can do this as a whole? And then I said, okay, tempting. Uh, you ask me for help. I want to help, but uh, I'm quite proud of myself of not rushing to help, but really leaving the team um, in control. So, okay, you want to do this, then basically we should discuss that not with other scrum masters, but with other team members, because they will be most affected by it. Uh, us scrum masters uh, <laughs> mostly have also less work from it. But the most important thing is what's the effect on the teams and the product and the feedback, et cetera. So we should discuss that. So that's what we did. We came together with uh, uh, a few team members from different teams. And basically what I did is facilitate uh, that this meeting happened and um, also make sure that we had this meeting with discussing this, this topic with the people that want to have a stake in it. So there were two teams that said, well, we don't really mind. We see benefits and uh, um, disadvantages, but yeah, it doesn't really matter to us that much. So whichever way this goes, we'll go along. So from that team, we didn't invite as many team members. We had a discussion, etc. So out of this the discussion, of course, came new insights because other teams uh, had other experiences maybe. Um, and they, uh, one team especially did not recognize this problem. And they mainly see downsides. So we had this discussion and we came to some alternatives and we had a, like an unfacilitated discussion. Basically. It was just making sure everybody got hurt, but I did not have like post-its or uh, anything to structure the conversation, but I, uh, I did it uh, from the hip, basically. 
facilitating the discussion, make sure everyone was heard, and we uh, uh, worked out with an idea how to proceed further. So there were some alternatives brought back to the team. Of course, then the team members that were not in the conversation with the other teams, but were in the retro, uh, had some other opinions. So <laughs> then we needed another conversation. Um, and in the end, we still not have a decision. But uh, the second conversation, I did facilitate a bit more explicitly. Uh, it even got called out by one of the attendees of that meeting that it would be a good idea to uh, write down some stuff because we started off basically, again, pretty unstructured, but I had a, a, a prepared a page to, to uh, structure the conversation a bit. And the result is that we now have at least uh, with contributions from each team, some insights in um, pros and cons of changing to a four-week sprint. And we have some notes on remarks and alternative ideas to investigate as suggestions from the other teams. So now, basically, <laughs> I uh, asked the, the, the team that wanted to change to go back to discuss it with the team. Um, and uh, we basically have to wait until one of the most uh, vocal persons to want this change is back from a holiday and then we'll see what happens but um, basically what's the takeaway of this whole ordeal is um, these are tough dis tough discussions uh, and I really like that the teams I work with can have these discussions and also that one of the, the team that was most vocal against it because they liked the way the rhythm worked for them right now and so mostly downsides to it also said if this is really important to you then we don't want to block the experiment so we're not going to block it but we do want to add our the potential impact on us and our considerations before we reach a decision on this. And I really like that way of thinking about it. Like really thinking in the greater good, but being able to voice your opinion, voice uh, what, what's important to you, and also ask questions to, and do suggestions, uh, figuring out what's up there. And uh, basically also from one of these teams, the question came, okay, if we're gonna do this, how are we gonna know if it's working? Which I really like. And it also put a finger on the sore spot that we don't really have good metrics tracking productivity. And also uh, that's one thing I did add in the meeting. Um, if we had those metrics like uh, velocity uh, charts or, or whatever, uh, would they even be meaningful? Because one of the things that also got added is if you create more free time in your calendar, it has a tendency to fill up with additional meetings instead of staying free so maybe we should do other stuff to create more sense of um having the time to do deep work for instance um and we also came to the conclusion that this um meeting uh pressure was mostly felt in a few specific people with specific um specialist contributions. So we should also investigate that more probably. So all in all, advice is if you get one of these requests as a scrum master of multiple teams, don't just 
accept the one team's opinion for truth and roll it out. Don't go talk to other Scrum Masters about it and try to figure it out from that angle. Get the team members together, have them talk about it and uh, basically facilitate insight into what's the real problem. Um, Get everyone on the same page. Also involved, which I did in the second conversation, the people of the teams that maybe say, we don't mind, we don't care which way the ball rolls. They might have an interesting and um, also tie-breaking additions to um, a conversation. This didn't happen in our case, so we have not resolved anything yet. We're staying on the three-week rhythm for now, but it can be. So um, make sure you also involve uh, people or teams in this case that seem like they don't care or don't have any additional inputs to deliver because they can make a change. And there were some additional points. So I hope this was useful. It's a real world thing I'm dealing with right now, um, or my teams are dealing with. I'm, I'm helping them hopefully a bit. Uh, and it was a, a good conversation um, that sometimes also is, needs to be had. And I hope uh, it was so valuable, but we'll see what uh, what comes out of it. I think uh, I think it was valuable at least to to have a better shared insight of how we view the sprint and the benefits of the events and the rhythm and doing certain stuff. So, yeah, I got some insights from it anyway. So it was a, a fun conversation to to be in, even though it was hard. Anyway, let me know if you find this useful. Let me know if you have questions or things you want to know about Scrum. Um, yeah, I'm not doing these talks as regularly as in the start when I did it daily, uh, but I'm trying to pick up some um, talking, some uh, discussing some stuff, sharing some stuff. Uh, and currently I'm even lowering the bar to once a week and I'm trying to make that. And if I do more, then I do more, that's fine. Uh, but that's uh, that's the current status of shortly talks uh, because it does take a bit of time to get everything out and published properly and stuff like that. So, um, and if you're still listening, music tip: Stroh Elliott, Black and Loud, uh, James Brown reimagined. You can check that out in a separate episode. Shorty talks music. Uh, highly recommended. Really groovy stuff. Thank you for listening and uh, maybe uh, talk to you soon.